Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 9 of Gamer Heroes. I am Derek and I have my two lovely co-hosts, John and Zach. What's up guys? Hey, hey. How's it going? Welcome back. <laughs> this is only the this isn't the first time I've been called lovely today. Thank you though. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um was the was the first time in the text that I sent you or is there another? Uh well, I guess I guess it's been multiple times. I I'm just <laughs> I'm a huge hit today. <laughs> So um, so we're trying this again online. Those who caught last week's episode, which was our 2017 predictions, uh, things were different. We were all in one place because um, the, uh, the internet crashed down upon us and we lost our original recording. Let's so not we have blame it all episode. on the internet. <laughs> right. If by the internet you mean me and my dumb ass. Well, I mean the software that we use to record, and I just I don't want to name any names. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but it's cool. We, <laughs> I am. We have like we have a lost episode, guys. Uh, you know, all, all the cool shows have lost episodes, so we've they made might it. Might get that feature if they uh, if they listen through the entire the entire season, and uh, that might be on the bonus features. Who knows? <laughs> if we can ever recover it, yeah, <laughs> right. If we recover um, it, we'll do a Kickstarter, and our, our highest backers will get the lost episode. Ooh, I like that. you like the ultimate edition, except for us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all about this. And it'll be in black and white as well. So, man, this is gonna did be you guys awesome. hear that? You know, Lo- Logan's gonna come out, have a black and white edition on Blu-ray. I did, and that makes a lot of sense. Like watching that movie, it just it, I felt like a black and white version would be excellent. That's basically all of the emotion I felt during the movie. Yes. So yes. dark, so sad. <laughs> so, it makes sense. <laughs> we're we're going to try and stay light and positive today. Um, so those who are frequently listening to this show will know that we've talked a lot about the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it was a console release, and we never have March console releases. So this is our last big Switch episode. We're going to discuss our first impressions uh, with the console and the launch titles, our first weekends with the consoles, and uh, then I, I doubt we'll be back talking about the Switch until we get um, uh, probably Mario Kart. So, yes, um, I'm excited. Which will, you know, that's like six or seven episodes from now, maybe even longer. So um, we are going to be talking some more Nintendo Switch stuff. Uh, probably, a, you know, a few spoilers for early game of Breath of the Wild. Uh, so, you know, be warned. I'm only about five, six hours into it. Um, Zach, you said you're what, like eight or nine? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, um, makes me feel really bad because <laughs> I haven't had, it's a very big game. It's, um, it's kind of one of those games that I'm a little intimidated by that starting it, um, even an hour and a half in, I feel like I haven't made any progress, not even a dent. So have you reached the first shrine yet? 
No, no. I, I basically, okay. in an hour and a half of play, I have basically made it out. <laughs> of the of the, the Cave of Resurrection or whatever, right. Shrine of Re- Resurrection? Yeah. Okay. So, well, I'm a okay, very have thorough you, have... player, man. I like looking at every crevice. I'm clicking on anything and everything I see. So, so did, did you meet the old man yet? I have met the old man. You have met the old man. Okay, so you've gotten at least the first NPC. Right. So that's that's good. Uh, but before we dive too much into Zelda, uh, I'm sure there's a few things in the news worth noting. Um, is there anything non-Nintendo related anybody wants to throw out there? Yeah. Um, I personally am pretty... I know this was really, uh, announced last week. Personally excited for Middle-Earth Middle, uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War. If, if you haven't had a chance to play the Shadows of Mordor game, the predecessor of it, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a highly ranked, very fun game that if you want to just kill shit and cut orc heads off and destroy generals, that's the game to play. Um, it's free roam, and it, it, it explores some side characters that um, I think should have been in the movies that aren't, so... I'm very excited to hear the release for for Middle Earth, and the promotions have been quite cool. And as the screenshots are too, there's a dragon. That's all I can say is a freaking dragon. So we didn't get to see those Fair before. I, I didn't play the first one. I don't know if you did, Zach. I did not know. Yeah, so not much to add <laughs> to that. But uh, I, I did want to. I wanted to get your guys' take real quick though on the new Xbox Game Pass. Um, Microsoft is launching a monthly service. It's going to be $9.99 a month, separate from Xbox Live Gold, that will include, quote, unlimited access to over 100 games, uh, including backwards compatible games. And I was curious, what do you guys think about this service and the fact that it's completely separate from Xbox Live Gold that you have to pay for for all, all the other online services? Get it, Zach. Get it. Uh, I mean, I get what they're going for, and it's not a bad idea. Um, I mean, there are some problems, like, you know, for someone like me, like, I, I, you know, I may start a game, but I don't know if I'm going to finish it within a month, and, and it sounds like they give you the option to maybe buy the game at the end of the month, but that would add up quickly. I mean, I have enough games that I've purchased and or borrowed and haven't played yet, so, uh, I mean, I'm sure this would be a valuable service to someone that's, that someone is just not me. You mean you mean teenagers on on Chris on uh, Christmas break or summer break that have all the time in the world? I thought you were going to say on crystal meth or something. That's, I, I thought he was going with, with the meth route too, but but progress pretty fast these days. <laughs> um, no, no, I was saying the, that are on a Christmas break or some kind of break. Right. I remember those days. I did that back in my day. I uh, back in my day, um, we played a <laughs> we played all night. We would break day. Uh, Halo, um, Gears. Call of Duty, we, we played everything you could think of. And, such and such old, it. old franchises. Right. Right? Unfortunately, <laughs> well, still it's, going. Um, it's, not even Christmas, it's not even a Christmas break situation. Like, that was my life in college. Like, I don't know where all my time went. I mean, I'm a, I'm a father now, so that's, that's a lot of it. But, like, still, I don't have time to play video games all night like I used to. Yeah, my big thing uh, freshman year of college was I had found a video online of a guy in Japan who beat Super Mario Brothers 3 in 9 minutes and uh, 11 seconds. Wow. And I really wanted to see if I could do that. And I worked long and hard, and uh, 
did not go to class. <laughs> and, uh, I got close. I did. I did break ten minutes. Um, That's which, pretty good, man. I was pretty proud of that. I never thought I'd really hit his his time, but I did. I did get within a minute, so I'm pretty pretty proud of that. But you know, but no. To, to going back to the Xbox thing here, yeah. I mean, they'll give you a discount on purchasing the game. Uh, they didn't say what that discount would be, so I don't know if that's you know substantial or not. Um, the crazy thing is, while it's a separate service from Xbox Live Gold, you don't need Xbox Live Gold to have the service, but you do need it if you want to use the online features that some of those games may or may not have. Right. Which so, is kind of strange. Well, they, yeah, go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, but I mean, if, if you're not a person who cares about online gaming and you don't want to pay the Xbox Live Gold subscription, uh, then it works out. But but I, I'm yeah. wondering, like, with this new service, are they going to continue giving out their, like, free game every month on Xbox Live Gold? They are. They, they did come out and say that this is going to be completely separate from that offering, and they're not changing that offering. Well, that's good, because that, that's kind of a nice staple. I have, I mean, I have a ton of games that I, well, I don't even remember all what I have, but I've got a bunch of games that I got for free through that. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's pretty rare that I don't just snag the free title since it's free. Oh, you yeah. Well, uh, Sony does something similar, and um, uh, they're, they're actually, some of the games are actually quite cool that they uh, give you for free. Um, I know this month, sometime, uh, I don't know if it's already released, it probably has, Windjammers is coming back, my favorite game, Um, and it's retro style. It is retro style. On PS4, guys, pick it up. Well, are you talking about, so one of the free games on PS Plus this month is um, like a knockoff version of that. Right. That's the one I'm talking about. It's basically Windjammers. Okay, but you do do you know that Windjammers is actually coming back? Yes, yes, I am okay. aware of that. But okay. for those who are fans and you want your Wind Windjammer fix that's retro style, pick up the one on PS4 this month. Yeah, it's totally free. Um, and if you don't have PS4, there's a game called uh, Power Disc on the yes. 3DS. Uh, what was it? Ten bucks, I think. It's yeah, it's ten bucks. You can catch it on sale sometimes, and it'll be like eight dollars. So it's it's really not a bad deal. But to to back to the um, Xbox Game Pass because that's the topic we're talking about. We don't go on tangents here, um, <laughs> as Never. I go on a tangent. But <laughs> I think it's a actually a kind of a clever idea. Um, I'm interested to see by offering it as ten dollars. They're they're basically. I I know this is kind of meticulous to think that they think this way, but they're hoping that you can't play your heart out and that you will not finish some of these games and they'll get your money. And I mean, you're only, you're, you're unlimited, right? It's like, it's like having Netflix, but you only watch one show on Netflix. You're paying for all of these things, but you're only using some of it. So, um, I know it's kind of not bad to think that Microsoft is trying to make money. Um, but, it's kind well, of clever in a sense. It, it builds, it actually builds value in the system again, and that will bring people to it if if they want to play a lot of games and and you know pay a subscription fee. Subscription fee is the is the way to go for just about everything now. It's like basically X, uh, Microsoft's version of GameFly, except they don't have to send you a disc. It's all digital. So yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's the future, man. Is all subscription based. Um, even major companies like Adobe is now offering, you know, a lot of their products as subscription base only. So you can't even buy a disc anymore. 
So I mm-hmm. think that's kind of kind of where everything's going. So Microsoft is trying to get on that right a, right away. Now my question is, will some of these games? Um, they are big titles. I saw there looks like there's a Halo Five. It looks like there's uh, the original Gears. I don't know how many more in in that list from Gears, but um, there's some big titles in there. They're not just you know indie games or games that flopped. Um, I'm questioning how, since it's a digital kind of kind of free, but not really. How's that going to work on the Scorpio when that comes out? I mean, I I would imagine it'll be the same thing. Uh, you know, Microsoft, of course, you know, owning Windows and Xbox, um, that's what they're they're running their operating system on now. You know, it's, it's essentially Windows 10 on the Xbox One. Right. Uh, so I would imagine the, the Scorpio will have something similar from an operating system. So they'll have the exact same service. There's no reason not to. The, so will they upconvert it though? Will we be playing? So, I mean, that might be an appeal to me for me if I were had an Xbox, which I do not cause fuck them, um, <laughs> in your face, Zach. And, um, <laughs> basically oh, no. if you're telling me I can play Gears of War upconverted, I, I think that might be more fun. I mean, here's the problem with that, though. The original Gears of War was designed back when a lot of people, most people, were still using 720p TVs. Um, so you're talking about upconverting what to 4K? I, I can't imagine that that would really be something they would, A, want to do for such an old title that they're essentially giving away for free. But B, I'm not sure that there's any detail there to show in an upconversion. Dude, listen, you have to you have to build a an awesome machine to play Half Life Two. You know this, right? <laughs> every every episode, you're gonna bring up Half Life Two. We need we need the best of the best system <laughs> in order to play this game, Derek. You, you need don't to build understand. a two thousand dollar machine and play Half Life Two at maximum settings. <laughs> you're asking I'm, yourself, is the machine good enough for Half Life Two? <laughs> And there's a reason that we got remastered titles like The Last of Us or the the basically the entire Halo franchise, um, you know, because they couldn't really keep using those games on modern consoles. The original Halo, as much as I love the original Halo, you throw that on a giant 4K TV and it doesn't look good. No, you're um, right. You're right, man. Yeah. I'm 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 just trying to give you a hard time, but I I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing because there are those people who are thinking, you know, now that they have the Scorpio, who whoever goes out and gets it is gonna is is there's, there's the assumption that everything now is 4K. You know, um, it, it nah, has been I mean, confirmed that they are gonna upconvert. It is going to upconvert. Well, yeah, but the the, the concept of upconverting is a little bit wishy-washy, right? Um, up-converting is not true 4K. So what you're going to get, the differences between 1080p and 4K, for for those who may or may not know, the, the differences are, are very specific, and the human eye is only so good. So depending on the size of the screen that you're watching and how close you are to that screen, your eye may literally not be able to tell the difference between a Blu-ray and a 4K disc. Um, and so if you're talking about a video game, you, it's, it's the same situation. Is The Last of Us going to look that much better if it was a 4K game? It's going to look just as good because it always looks good. Well, but, but that's the upconversion question, right? Because it's not what you and I played was a 1080p game. 
And so if it was, quote, up converted to 4K, are you going to notice a difference? I'm going to imagine, unless you're watching it on something pretty freaking big, the answer is no. That's a good so, point. That's a good you know, point. So the up-converting thing, I think, is one of those nice things that they like to say. Like, yeah, we're going to up-convert all the games. You know, it it's only convenient. matters it's totally it only matters if you can see the difference. Right. I, I think yeah, the only yeah. thing that matters to me, and they still can't achieve this for some freaking reason, uh, is 60 frames per second. That's the only thing that matters to me. Um, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about this offline before, too, but... You know the the frame rate thing to to me that number sixty frames a second is not what's important for me. It's what does the game just look like? How does it run? If it's a beautiful game that's consistent and smooth, I don't really care if it's not quite sixty frames a second or not quite ten eighty p. I want a good looking game that is a good gaming experience. That that is to be debated upon. Um... But yeah, I, I totally agree. There's a fine balance that games need to meet, and it's a give-or-take relationship, unfortunately. You know, you're either sacrificing graphics for that, you know, that FPS, or you're raising your FPS to lower your graphics. But um, on to something else, man. Let's switch subjects. <laughs> we can go all right. about this all day. It's all good. It's all good. Are you, are you guys ready then to dive into the main topic? What's the main topic? So we'll we'll talk switch stuff. Um, couple, wait, wait, a couple. Wait, what, what is the switch? Can you explain this to me? It's this thing on your wall that turns the lights on and off. Ah, uh, yeah, it's pretty so cool. Why are, why are we talking about that for an entire podcast? We are going to lose all of our listeners. Well, you know, like I I, I like the dials personally. The, you know, the dimmers. Um, no, dude, all about the clap on, the clap off. <laughs> um, no, so. A couple things kind of newsworthy for the Switch before we jump into our, our personal experiences. Um, everybody can calm the fuck down yes. because they're not recalling the docking station. So I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but Nintendo launched a online store for what they're calling, quote, replacement parts, um, which is really just your ability to buy individually everything that came in the box. Um, except for the tablet, I believe. But um, the dock station basically disappeared from the site after the first day. And so people started reporting, and I use that word with air quotes very lightly, that this meant that Nintendo was going to be recalling the dock. And that's not true. It was that they sold out of it very, very quickly and took it off the store instead of noting it as sold out for whatever reason. Um so we can put that fire out and move on to something else. Well, so. people are finding stupid <laughs> stupid things to really complain about. Um, if you don't mind, I'm just going to dive right in like I always do, right? Um, I, I, I'm not really liking the reviews I'm seeing simply because I have played with the Switch. I've tested its features to its capabilities. I, I don't agree with half – Half of the reviews and half of the cons that people are putting down, I'm, I'm going to pick on CNN and IGN specifically because they're one of the bigger – both of them are considering leading for reviews and tech news. Um, <laughs> some of the things they wanted to, to dock the system for were, were just kind of ridiculous. Like they said the HD rumble – this is from CNET – the HD rumble doesn't deliver. I don't know if you've played the same games if I've played, um, but fast RMX – 
you can feel the water. You can feel the ice on the track. If that doesn't mean, uh, if that doesn't scream HD rumble to you, what what does? You know? Right. I mean, the problem with that is the fact that you're in a goddamn hovercraft uh, and you're feeling ice on the road. But but still, the rumble <laughs> feature itself works fine. Yeah, and and I think another thing is I don't know if they just don't understand how the controller system works, but I've heard a lot of people kind of getting on the fact that the left Joy-Con doesn't quite sync or doesn't turn on when you you know when you have it docked or docked when you have it in the controller. This is two controllers, guys. You have to turn both controller on individually. You know, you, there's no syncing issue. Um, Derek, I know you had mentioned something earlier about some of the people having issues based on setup. Yeah, um, you know, so people are having some connectivity problems with the Joy-Cons losing sync with the console after, while they're playing. So this is after they've already had it working. Um, and, you know, those reports are real. They're very real. And Nintendo has said that, that they think some of it, at least, has to do with interference with, you know, bunches of wires or putting it, you know, behind things because it is smaller um, and the controller is not though. having... My point though is three of us have it and none of us are both all three of us this is I the, the way they make it sound it's one in three people one in four people whatever uh 25% of people are infected are infected affected um I I have never even I didn't even I haven't experienced that not once and I went in different rooms and pressed buttons <laughs> so yeah I mean I'm not sure like did you get that percentage from somewhere specific um I was just reading through the reports and okay. I mean, I just, so based on – it just seemed like every fifth comment, every fourth comment had someone reporting it or saying that. So they they're – I mean it. they're estimating that about a million Nintendo Switches were sold throughout all of the regions uh, okay. the first like two or three days. Um, and so you know, 25% of that would be an absolutely large number. Right. But keep in mind that – even at ninety nine percent, at ninety nine percent capacity, if they if if ninety nine percent of them were good, there's still ten thousand units out there that would have a problem. Um, and so that's something you know people have to kind of keep in mind that you know we've had major issues, we've had red rings of death, and we've right. had um, you this know is pretty minor, <laughs> you know the, the the PlayStation Network going down for large chunks of time and, and things like that. These these things happen because you have hundreds of thousands and millions of users and units, and as good as you can be, no one's ever going to be a hundred percent from a quality perspective. That just doesn't happen on that type of scale. So you're going to have a few thousand people who unfortunately got unlucky and have something that's got a defect, and that sucks. It totally sucks, and I'm sorry for anybody that has that problem, um, but. I would imagine that it will get fixed, and if it doesn't get fixed, you know, complain. Go go to Nintendo and let them know you're having this problem, and, you know, maybe you can get some free Joy-Cons out of it, um, you know. So that's that's kind of all I have really to say about that specifically. I'd also like to mention they put – and this seems to be a, an outrage. It's kind of like the uh, – in my opinion – Oh, the the new iPhone doesn't have a, a 3.5 millimeter jack input. People are complaining that the Switch doesn't have um, a wireless audio feature or function. Guys, this is a mobile device. I've never I, I I don't know if it's becoming popular. I have always trusted 
and have always used uh, a direct wire <laughs> headphone set. Okay, I don't understand why this is a complaint. Why this should be? Why you should be factoring this into um, your review and and docking the switch for not going that route? What do you guys think about that? I think it's kind of ridiculous. Well, um, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I've I've never used wireless headphones for gaming. I have one pair of wireless headphones. They are for mowing the lawn and working out where I'm doing physical activities because I don't want my earbuds to constantly fall out of my head. And I'm not going to wear my gaming headphones when I'm mowing the lawn. Uh, so, you, you know, mean you're not going to play the switch while you're mowing the lawn. I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> and so, you know, if I want to play the switch in handheld mode and I want to hear it in a public place um, or a place that, you know, would normally have to be quiet or something. I don't really see a problem with using earbuds or using gaming headphones. I have two really nice sets of gaming headphones, one for home and one for work, and I love them. There's no reason for me not to want to use them. So, you know, I think that's probably a niche group of people who are using these Bluetooth headphones because Bluetooth usually has a delay and avoiding that delay is a complicated thing to do. And I think that was the major issue with the switch, uh, that there, there is a delay. Um, you know, there was some talk that you can use Bluetooth keyboards and computer mouses on the switch, but there is a delay and that's important to keep in mind because Bluetooth has that. It's like that in my car, you know? Um, so I, I really don't think it's a hot button issue. I do know that people are, it, it's funny cause people are complaining that the headphone jack is on the top and not the bottom. And meanwhile, there's another group of people complaining that the power jack is on the bottom and not the top. And that right there, I think, is a great example of how you just you can't make everybody happy. Happy, right. You know, um, in order for Nintendo to make everybody happy, they would have had to have put every jack on all four sides of the <laughs> tablet. And then people would be bitching that there's, there's like, why are there four headphone jacks? That doesn't <laughs> yeah. make any sense, you know. So, you know, I'm just going to just lay it to rest. Why are the jacks set up the way they are? Well, first off, you can't have any jacks on the sides because that's where the Joy-Cons dock. Right. Okay, cool. Um, as far as the top goes, well, if you're playing in tabletop mode and you want to use headphones, you can't have the headphone jack on the bottom of the unit because it's resting on its, on its bottom. If you want to use headphones while it's in TV mode, it's docked. And again, the bottom is covered, so the headphone jacks are on the top. The USB-C charging port that's on the bottom of the console is there because of the docking station. Again, it charges in the dock and runs through um, the data and the HDMI with video and audio through the docking station while it's docked. So these design choices are very specific and very deliberate. And I think that we would be seeing some funky setups if the power jack was on the top because then you'd have to dock it and then you'd have to clamp something on top oh, of it. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. Right? Like, nobody wants to do that. that. Who does yeah. that? That Like, that's a stupid design. Like, oh, it would be terrible. On the top of any anything, any any portable device, I've, uh, your cell phone, where the fuck is the, the plug? It's at the bottom. <laughs> now, I will say from a design perspective, I am unhappy with the kickstand. And I yeah, know a lot yes. of people have said that. Um, I'm not unhappy because it's flimsy, because it's designed to break off because kids are going to be using it. That's not the problem. I actually haven't knocked it off yet. My problem is that it only has one setting, and it's fairly steep. Um, yeah. 
you know, so for example, I brought it to work today to, to show a coworker of mine. She's a big Nintendo fan and has some kids who are kind of into the idea of the switch. And I wanted to play some, some fast RMX with her and we put it on the, on the table and like, just, it's a bad angle to put on a desk and stand and play. You have to kind of sit down to get the right angle for it. Um, as somebody who's owned a Microsoft surface, you know, that type of kickstand where there's a bunch of different angles it can sit at is just so much better of an experience. And I think that, you know, maybe having two kickstands, one on the left and one on the right, uh, would make it a little more stable and allow them to do that right well, I like now. The, the, sorry, I was going to build on your switch or yeah, the, uh, yeah. the, I had a surface as well. I have a surface. I love that the, the kickstands, the length of the entire piece. Um, to me, that makes sense. That's more stable. It just flips out really nice and sleek. And I think that would have been a little bit of a better design just to make it as long as the screen. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you there. Now, I haven't taken apart my Switch, so I can't say if there's a design choice for that. Right now, the kickstand really is more of a uh, SD card, a micro SD slot cover, than it is a kickstand. Yep. Yep, they just so. found a way to make it functional in another way, which is, in a sense, kind of genius. But at the same time, it's like, well, you can't use a cover as a kickstand. <laughs> right. Now, I mean, you know, as, as someone who has a Surface, you know that that's – but that's where the uh, SD card slot is for the Surface is behind the uh, the kickstand too. It's just a much better stand. So. <laughs> um, but then again, the Surface, you know, is a, you know, $800 to, you know, $1,200 computer. Right. Um, Zach, I'm curious. You've been kind of quiet, man. Do you have any of these experiences so far with your Switch? Uh, no, I mean, I really, I don't, I don't understand a lot of the complaints. I don't have many complaints with the Switch. Uh, the, I mean, I do have the, I mean, I see the value of the kickstand complaint. And, and I feel like I, I would have that same problem myself if I were trying to play in kickstand mode. But but thus far, I've only played in handheld mode or or having it docked to the TV. And and the design things like yeah, I didn't like the headphone jack on top, but I understand why now. And so uh, I'm over it. But <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean. You have three different game modes. The only time I've played in tabletop mode was to sh to demo it for a coworker. Um, I I didn't want to play that way. If uh, if I'm gonna play, you know, I'm probably gonna play handheld mode or TV mode. Right. Um. So that's that's basically that. Is there anything else you guys want to you know to focus on the hardware before we jump into the games? Hardware wise, um. I just want to compliment it. I, I like the design. I think it's really smooth. Um, I think it's clean, and I I'm actually finding it more and more more things about it that I like. So if if people want to sit there and, and say it's not full 1080p and all this stuff, I think I think you need to underestimate. You're underestimating that the the size of the screen is very small, and you can't see that difference. So shut your mouth. <laughs> And it, you know, it depends on the title, too. I mean, just because Zelda is 900p on the TV doesn't mean that Mario Kart will be, because Mario Kart was 1080p on the Wii U. Um, you know, so we don't know what every game's specs are going to be. Again, you know, this is the launch title, It's a and it was designed in 900p for technical reasons. If you didn't know that it was 900p, I 
don't think that you'd be able to just jump out and say, oh, that's not 1080p. Right. You know, I think this is, again, sometimes we have too much information for our own good. And so... Um, There's no longer know. a sense of wonder and excitement. It's like, we, we know too much. Right, exactly. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, all right, you know, 1080p versus 720 is, is a significant difference. 900p is, a, is an interesting choice. And that's in docked mode. It's 720p in handheld mode um, for Zelda. And that, that's an odd choice, 900p. But you're talking about over the course of the entire screen, the entire TV, you know, you're, you're talking about a difference of um, 180 pixels in one direction. And that's a small number. It's, it's, a, it's a small number. And I'd like to, to you know, I just don't think people are really going to notice it. I think that we just like to, to harp on those numbers and people don't really understand them. Um, the same goes for, you know, refresh rates on TVs, you know, 120 Hertz, 240 Hertz. I highly doubt you're going to see a difference. Um, but the hardware is great. I'm, I'm very comfortable with it. I've really enjoyed the joy cons. I've really enjoyed the pro controller. I finally got to, to use that today for the first time. Oh, nice. Um, did you play Zelda with it? I did. Yeah. I played for about three cool. hours and the controller is great. Um, you know, the pro controller, yeah. Is it, it worth is, $80? <laughs> well, the pro, the pro controller is 70 The Joy-Cons are 70 Yeah. Um, is it worth 70 I, I think it is, and here, here's why. Um, it is a variation of the Xbox One controller. There, there's no doubt right. about it. Uh, it's incredibly similar. The differences are fairly minor and specific to the Switch. You know the the port on the back, on the uh, the front of it is USB C instead of a um, instead of a mini USB. You've got your plus and minus buttons as well as your snapshot and home buttons. You know, other than that, you've got the the same type. You know, dual shoulder pads. You've got the same um, you know A B X Y and the 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 dual joysticks and the D pad. So you're, you're talking about you know very similar design. It is a uh, dense, well-weighted controller uh, versus like my Xbox One S controller is a much lighter controller. I like the weight of the Switch Pro controller better, personally, uh, even though the Xbox One is shaped a little bit more comfortable. So after playing Zelda in both the Joy-Con mode, handheld mode, um, and now I guess in a third mode with the Pro controller, and uh, I will say that the Pro controller is the most comfortable of those configurations. I think the something interesting to point out um, just from, I haven't purchased it yet. So I'm, I'm an outsider looking in the D pads back. And I think that was a huge, uh, a great choice on their part to include that again. What do you mean again? Well, on the second joy con, the left joy con, it's not actually a D pad. It's um, buttons. Oh, 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 I hear you. I'm sorry. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's, that's an interesting point. You know, they um, they really streamline those Joy-Cons. The, the Pro Controller is very much like the Pro Controller for the Wii U, just with different button placement, of course, um, to make the joysticks more like an Xbox. Um, you know, the, the Joy-Cons are kind of a, a – they're that weird hybrid component that really defines what the switch is supposed to be because the joy cons have to be one controller together, but also two individual controllers at the same time. Right. And that that's a difficult task to do both, both versions. Well, 
Absolutely, yeah. And since we're on that note, actually, let's let's actually talk about that for a minute. So the three of us sat down and played in TV mode the new Super Bomberman R. <laughs> and, uh, and we played it with the Joy-Cons. <laughs> we, we played it with the Joy-Cons, holding them uh, horizontally with the grips on. What did you guys think about that controller configuration and it, it being paired with that game? Go ahead, Zach. Uh, well, I I, uh, I hate that controller configuration, and I'm wondering if, I mean, maybe if I were a small child, it wouldn't bother me so much, but <laughs> I just, it feels so tiny in my hands. Uh, I feel like she said. Um... Yeah, <laughs> well played. Those are the uh, kind of jokes you get on Gamer Heroes. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, it didn't, it didn't sit comfortably, and uh, add that to the fact that that game is... Uh, kind of fucking awful <laughs> or or we're just really fucking awful at that game um i i, I don't know it did it, it i don't I, I won't say that that's why i sucked so bad at that game but i will say that it probably didn't help that's fair john what do you think uh i have to agree i'm six foot tall i'm a pretty big hands big feet kind of person and um <laughs> those those little <laughs> controllers are very difficult for me to play on. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, one thing that bugged my my stupid ridiculous hands is the I understand the trigger when you know when it's on the tablet mode. Um, that that gets in my way when I'm playing um, on that little controller. So it's just rubbing against the inside of my finger. Uh, I, I personally, if we're talking about Bomberman, uh, <laughs> I think that game is a little too difficult and I, I guess with practice you could become better, but if that's all you're doing through the levels, I, it has a story. Is that correct, Derek? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a absolutely a, a campaign mode and I, I'm looking forward to playing that. I haven't had a chance. I just played when we played, uh, that was the only chance I've had. I've been focusing on Zelda. So I just feel like. <laughs> I mean, what are you, what are, what is each campaign? Uh, is it like here's a boss in this level, and you're just beating all these levels, and there's some little story behind it? I'm I'm just it, to me, it's not appealing. Uh, it's not a game. Well, it, yeah, I mean, historically, that's that's how Bomberman was. I love Bomberman as a game. Um, Super Bomberman for the Super Nintendo is still one of my favorite video games of all time. I picked up whichever version is in the 3DS eShop. Um, and that one's great too. So I'm looking forward to trying this out. I will say that what I think the problem is, and this is coming from someone who has not played the Nintendo 64 version of Bomberman. Um, I think it's the difference between using a joystick and using a D pad for a game like this. This is, this game is all done in, in grids, you know, it's to, it's basically top down, even though there's some dimension to it. And so will you be better with a pro controller? Is that what you're saying? Because there's a I, that's that's what I'm going to check out. That's really what my big test is going to be because I'm used to playing um, on a Super Nintendo, like an actual Super Nintendo, or on my 3DS, and yeah. using the D-pad in both situations. So I'm going to try it with the pro controller. Hopefully, the D-pad is supported for that, and um, we'll see how that goes. As far as the Joy Cons go, using them in that horizontal mode with the grips. Um, yeah, man, they are cramped. Now I'm not a big guy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm five, seven, I'm, you know, 
my my shoes are like a size nine. You know, I'm not I'm not a big guy, and my hands are cramped. Um, and so I can only imagine, you know, the bigger you are, the more cramped that's got to be. To Zach's point, it's probably great for kids, right? You know, um, and I think part of it has to do with just they're small all the way around. They're short. They're narrow. They're not. They're thin, not thick. The Wii remotes were, you know, obviously wider, but they were thicker too. There was more to wrap your hands around, and I think that just created <laughs> a better experience. Um, let, me, let me ask you something. I don't. I don't know if you've had a chance to test this, and you you probably could do that tonight or something. Um, could one of you play with the pro controller and the other one could, pl- uh, three of, could three of us play? Um, let's say if you, Zach had a pro controller, you had a pro controller and I played with, the uh, the two joy cons on the, yeah, um, yeah, you can do that. So I feel like for specific games that, you know, that might be a great option. Um, that'd be, might be another reason to, to buy the pro controller if you're wanting to play and it's just not comfortable enough for you. Um, you want to play with people. You want to play co-op, local right. co-op, because that's what this game, that's what this system is is, is really marketing, push, pushing hard towards. Um, I'm I'm really worried for Mario Kart, to be honest with you, because I think in Mario Kart you're going to be using those uh, left and right bumpers a lot, and I'm nervous if we do uh, a tabletop mode that that's going to be very uncomfortable to play. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I can't imagine doing a lot of tabletop mode at all for the Switch. Because, you know, if you guys are over here, you know, or, or I'm over at your place, let's just you play on the own. TV. Or bring or your you own, own, and then you can yeah. play in, in, ta- in handheld mode uh, with local play, because most of these games support local play. Um, you know, we can have our WAN parties. So, you know, using the Joy-Cons horizontally, the grips do help with the shoulder buttons, but, you know, I just can't imagine using that configuration a whole lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the only time me you'll either. be using it. Yeah. The only time you'll be using it is like, like you said, when, when your children are playing and they don't want to, or they'll play on the TV, you'll be using them. Um, but they, they just want to play it now, right now or something in the car or whatever. Um, both of them, that would be ideal. So let's talk about, let's talk about Zelda. Let's switch guys. Well, before, because I think we're gonna talk. I think we're gonna like spend a good chunk of time on Zelda. So I don't. I don't want to glaze over the other launch day title that um, I really don't want people to miss, and that's Fast RMX. Yes. Oh, and, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're, you're I totally thought we good. talked about it last week, so yeah, we should talk well, more about it because I love we, that game. We didn't really have much of a chance to play it before the podcast, and I just thought we should talk a little bit about the gameplay because Zach has become a bit. Of a pro. <laughs> yeah. He's a little asshole so, in that game. So, Zach, what, what's the trick to uh, to winning in fast RMX? Because you were kicking our asses. Uh, I mean, it's just not sucking. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to say something like that. Oh, you set me up for it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the trick is, if anything, because I mean, we all started out, and you guys had played before, I think, or John had played before. I don't can't remember if you'd played Derek, but um, very briefly. we started. Yeah, we'd started out, and I was, I was awful. I was like, okay, this is fun, but like, and so I, I don't know what the turning point was for me, uh, but but eventually it, it just started making sense to me. And I'm like, oh, okay, like. I needed to suck for a minute, and now now I've got this. 
Put the work in. <laughs> yeah, put, put the work in. Put the work in. All, uh, I don't know, it was like 10, 15 minutes before I was like, oh, hey, yeah. So how far along are you? Uh, so I am like 28% through. Wow. Uh, and it, it gets quite a bit harder. Like I've unlocked the whatever's after Subsonic, the... What, whatever the second tier of the three tiers of difficulty is. Uh, and I haven't Super played Sonic. any of that yet. Yeah, Super Sonic, that sounds right. Um, I haven't played any of it yet, though, because I'm trying to get first place in all of the cups in the Subsonic, because the last few cups in Subsonic are actually pretty difficult. Like, I, I, I just get my ass kicked. So I, I've been, I've started experimenting with different car types, because you guys know that I was, I was all about that well rounded car. Um, yeah. Um, so I've experimented with some different car types and, uh, I mean, I've, I've gotten to know the maps better and just practiced a little bit. Uh, but yeah, there's still a, like three of those cups that I haven't quite got first place on. So I'm going for that before I kick up the difficulty. Fair enough. No, yeah. I mean, I don't want you to get any better, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, oh, I haven't played online yet. And so I'm sure if we were able to go online, there are... Plenty of prepubescent children who uh, would kick my ass. That's fair. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think the, the... I haven't tried online either. I, I'm actually kind of disappointed now that you mentioned that I haven't done that yet. Well, one good piece of news is that they are working on a patch. Um, the first update for the game is going to include uh, some new features. One of which I'm very excited about is the addition of being able to select your friends for online play. Because right now, uh, you can do local play, of course, but if you want to do just straight up online play, it's random. You're thrown in with random people. They're going to add it so that way, if we're all at our houses, we can still race together. So, right, which is a pretty big feature, and I'm glad that they're actually implementing that, because if, if they had left things like that untouched... Uh, it would have been a game killer. Not, not like in and of itself, but like little things like that that we've come to expect that are kind of industry standards. I'm glad that they're implementing that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that that's very nice. Um, I, I mean, I do like placement sometimes. Like when you're not at the skill level you need to be at, you know, they don't just throw you in there with people who are like well above your skill level. But there's no levels in this game, so I don't really right. know. It's really just based on whoever's the best racer. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, do you guys? Oh, I did want to clear up one bit of confusing stuff. One of the other big indie games that's available is Shovel Knight, and uh, many people have heard of Shovel Knight. I'm sure at this point, it's been one of the most successful indie games uh, as of late by Yacht Club Games, and it was on 3DS initially, and is now I think on every platform. Um, and so they have an expansion. Uh, they actually have two expansions. The latest is called Spectre of Torment and is more of a prequel, actually, to the original game. And on the Switch, if you go to the eShop, there's two options. There's Shovel Knight Treasure Trove and Shovel Knight Spectre of Torment. And I want to just finally explain the difference because I finally figured it out. Um, Treasure Trove includes the original base game and both expansions. Hmm. Interesting. Spectre of Torment is just the prequel expansion Spectre of Torment. The reason they're sold that way is because if you've already played the game um, on uh, 3DS or Xbox or whatever, you may not want to re repurchase 
the entire base game and the first expansion, but you want to play the new content on the Switch, and they wanted to sell you that. Um, the downside there is that if you owned the game on the other platforms, you're going to get Spectre of Torment for free. And so some people are kind of calling it like a new a new console tax to pay $9.99 for the expansion. Um, I think they if they could work out a system where you could prove that you already owned it, that would be cool. Um, but, you know, if you bought the game on, on Xbox, they're not going to give you the free expansion on the PlayStation, right? right? This is that same thing. You just you couldn't have bought the game before, so now you can buy the whole thing for twenty five if you want to. So, just wanted to clear that up. Good to know. I mean, I yeah, Shovel Knight's on my list. I just haven't um, had a chance to pick it up. I have to play. I have to beat Zelda first. Like that's my priority this month, this year, whatever it takes me. That's my priority <laughs> right now. Fair enough. Yeah. I uh, I've I played the original Shovel Knight. I didn't beat it. I got like maybe a third of the way through, uh, but I loved it. Uh, but of course now it's I bought it for the 3DS, and so now it's like, well, if I'm gonna play it again, I need to just restart. So mm-hmm. might as yep. well buy it on the Switch with the expansion. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, well let's let's talk Zelda then, guys. Let's let's do this. Um, what are your first impressions? Go ahead, Zach, man. You've got uh, the time. <laughs> it, it is a huge, expansive game that is very easy to sink a lot of time into without actually accomplishing anything. I mean, you're going to have a good time. You're going to have fun. Uh, but especially in the early game, progress seems very slow. Um, like, just moving from objective to objective. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's taken a lot of time. And I... I I was able to get my first horse, uh, and it was kind of a slow, shitty horse, but I have uh, played long enough to uh, be able to upgrade to a better horse, um, and, and that helps quite a bit. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. So, did you, did, yeah. you, did you buy the horse, or did you just find the horse? Uh, so there are some areas once you get to the stable zone, um, or the area where the stable's at, the first big stable, um, there are horses in the surrounding fields, and you have the option of either paragliding on top of them to mount them, or, or sneaking up and then jumping on them. Cool. Either way, once you get on them, you have to spam the, uh, left, uh, trigger, or left bumper, um to soothe them before they throw you off. Now, the ones, the better horses are going to throw you off faster, so uh, it's a bit more difficult. So I think I somehow, and I, I do this all the time because I guess I'm not the best at RPGs. I found a horse after killing some of the uh, Bo Goblins. Oh, nice. So I actually stole one of their horses. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> uh, pretty early in the game, um, after after you leave the, the Great Plateau, um, there's the first river you come to. I decided to just go straight to the objective, not really paying attention to the map. And so I crossed the river, and that's where I found the horse. So the horse is still stuck over there after I realized that I was going the wrong way. But... <laughs> <laughs> So, like, yes. I haven't got there yet because you guys are ahead of me. Um, so it sounds like horses are uh, a kind of a hot commodity here. Like, they're hard to come across. They're hard to, to make them yours. You know, like, kind of like an avatar. you got to, like, link the, the hair. <laughs> Is that how that works? You don't have to link genitals to the horses. Thank you. Like, I, I'm, I just 
I was really hoping that you wouldn't have to. <laughs> um, what do you no, guys? I mean, over... Say go sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask a question. So, like, uh, obviously, you guys have progressed through the game a little bit further than I am. But uh, what are some things you're liking? You're you're finding like features wise that you think um, the game delivers really well, like uh, pace. You know, things you can do. Um, I don't know how how much you've explored in the open world, but you know, there's a lot of little fun things that that I think are are interesting to hear. Like in, like in Grand Theft Auto, you know, oh, you can talk to this person on the street and they'll do something. So, is there anything fun and quirky like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is fun to talk to people. Uh, it is a it's a huge game. Pacing, at least here within the first, you know eight or nine hours pacing is a little slow because uh, there's only so much you can Tell do climbing <laughs> yeah cl climbing is is quite a chore like you want to climb up a mountain but you've only got so much stamina and and you climb so slow it, it's painfully slow i'm sure there are items or abilities later that that fix that but i just haven't gotten there yet uh so so the pacing is a little slow at first which uh, is fine. Like I'm gonna charge through it. It's a gorgeous game. There is a lot you can do. There's a lot to explore. There's a lot of, um, what were they? The bow, bow coblin, whatever you call them. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a lot of little ca camps of those lying around that are fun. Um, because there's always like one guy like at a guard tower and you want to shoot him down first. And then, uh, if you go at night, you can do some, a sneak strike and kill them in their sleep, which is you know a good good friendly uh, approach um and it's cool because like once you kill all of them in a camp uh a, a, like treasure chest will open up with with a weapon of some sort um nice. so there's a, a lot to explore it's a very satisfying game to explore i actually i happened onto a little bokoblin gathering there was like three of them and there was a uh, a stony structure next to it and so i was able to climb up on top of that and then push down a uh, a boulder that knocked into some exploding barrels and it, it was a satisfying setup <laughs> so that was fun that's cool i i like that i obviously i it's very obvious that the the bow goblins are the um the main enemy in this but that's really cool that's a very um that's a very D and D thing to, for you to say, <laughs> isn't it, Derek? It's yes. very D and D. You're like, oh, yeah. oh, I stumbled across some goblins in the woods, and their camp happened to be here. That's Pretty totally cool. what happens. I've been uh, so as you start, especially in the early game, um, the shrines give you these these runes that basically give you abilities. Um, they're they're almost superpowers, right? And right. so one of them is these bombs that you can throw, these remote bombs. And so I use those a lot uh, with the Bo Goblin camps where I'll just throw one in and they, they notice it, right? They all go over to it because they don't know what it is and then boom, <laughs> so, cool. um, which is really fun. Um, you know, while Zach's totally right, the pace is a little slow. For me, I love it because it's incredibly relaxing and enjoyable because there's a there's a clear objective. I know where I'm going, and anything else I want to do is just fun ex exploration for me. Right. When you compare yeah, it, way of looking at it, when you compare it to a game like you know Skyrim or you know any of the Elder Scroll games or Fallout Four, there are so many side quests and side missions available that when you're three or four hours into the game, it's hard to prioritize what you should or should not be doing next, and 
here I'm, I'm five, maybe six hours into, into Zelda at this point, and I'm comfortable with the game. I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I feel it feels much more intuitive than a lot of the big RPGs where, you know, I feel in Fallout 4, it just, there was so much to do, so much you could do. It was hard for me to focus on what I should do. That's interesting Whereas, you say that, considering it's like three times bigger than than uh, Oblivion. Is it, and that, that comes down to design. I think that the design of Breath of the Wild is so elegant that it's very focused. It's an incredibly intuitive game that has really captured my attention, and at the same time, it's very relaxing. You know, I came home from work and just chilled on the couch and was able to just zone into the game. And lose myself for a couple hours. And it's rare that I get to do that with a video game. Because most of them are... So, especially open world RPGs are so meticulous. That it's hard for me to get lost in the narrative. Right. right. It is It is a truly beautiful game to get lost in. Yes. Yes. It is a like it, it's game. Like I was complaining about the pacing. Uh, but that's not to say that I don't have the same um, appreciation for that you do there, there are moments where I'm like, man, I wish it didn't suck so hard to climb up this, this rock face, but <laughs> for the most part, it, it is, it's very calming. It's very satisfying. The fields of Hyrule are beautiful. Um, the, what I have gotten of the story so far is very satisfying, but also, yeah, it's really nice. Like, I mean, there's a reason why I've explored so much. There's a reason, uh, I mean, there's a reason I have a, a, my second horse and I'm only like eight hours in. Cause like, I liked getting the first horse, but then I saw the second one. I'm like, Oh, that, that one's going to be mine. Uh, and it was fun. Yeah. No, Do they have absolutely. different, like, uh, different behaviors and attributes to the horses? Uh, they do, yes. So your first horse is likely going to be a horse that's got spots on it because those are easier to tame. They're also a little bit slower. Um, but then the ones of, of the solid color, especially if it's a solid black, those are harder to tame, and and those are going to run more, run faster. Uh, like my first horse had like two or three little spur icons, which meant that I could kick it three times before it got pissed off at me, and it would you know pick up the pace. Uh, my current one's got four. So, yeah, there, there's all kinds of different features. You can name them when you take them to the stable, and you can stable up to, I believe it's five, they told me. So Interesting. That's yeah. cool. How many, uh, what other types of things, like, I'm, I'm basically, you guys are spilling your beans to me, because just for everyone who's listening, I've only gotten an hour and a half into the game, and although it's an hour and a half, I feel like I've made zero progress. You know, I'm just getting out of the the um, awakening cave, or or what did you call the resurrecting cave? Um, <laughs> and I feel in my head, I'm just like, man, I have made no progress. So I'm gonna use you your guys's knowledge, but what other uh, yeah. what other things have you encountered that you're fighting other than these goblins? So I know there's some banana creatures, there's some type of buffaloes, and all sorts of things. Yeah, there's some like slimy goo creatures. Uh, the and now I'm struggling to remember what they're called. The all of the the rocky little like d dormant robots around you that you can loot. Some of those start coming to life and fighting you. And, and I don't yet have the ability to fight them. There's some like really super large titans that I've been uh, warned by NPCs just to stay the fuck away from until I've got some sort of means of fighting them. Because yeah, they do kick your ass. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I mean, there's, there's there some random uh, stuff. There's these little blobs that come out of the ground. There's some skeletons yeah. that are bow goblin skeletons that you have to fight. 
they're really fun because um, you first knock off their heads. They usually come in groups of three, and you knock off their heads, and the bodies will build them, re rebuild themselves, and come after you. Um, right. And so you have to destroy the heads second uh, afterwards in order to kind of stop them, which is kind of neat. Um, I did just come across these like I don't know, it's like an alligator type creature in the river. Did you see those, Zach? I did. Yeah, those were interesting. Um, those are hard to get to because if you're, they're in the river, so you have to either, you know, shoot them from afar and, and make sure your shield's handy or, uh, I, I don't know. I haven't tried combat in the water yet, but, um, yeah, I did see those. I was going to say the other thing about the skeleton warriors that you mentioned. Um, so, and Derek, I'm not sure how you feel about this yet. The weapon system in this game is, as a side note, so when you kill those skeleton warriors, you can actually pick up their arms and use them as a, a melee weapon. Um, <laughs> yeah. which, I like that. Which is pretty funny. Uh, and there's a lot of little detail in it, too. Like, I, I set my controller down to go do something real quick, and uh, it was idle for a minute, and I was hearing this, like, weird tapping, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I come back to my TV, and the little skeleton fingers are just, like, tapping idly on on the ground. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Annoying, but kind of cool. I like that. That's nice. Yeah. Um, but so, which brings me into my, my next point about the weapon system. So, um you have inventory slots for a certain amount of shields, uh, melee weapons, and uh, bow and arrows. And and the unfortunate fact is every weapon and everything I've picked up so far has a, a very limited durability. And so you have to stock a lot of weapons because you could be mid-fight and your weapons are going to break. Uh, so you're going to have to uh, open up the inventory screen and re-equip the weapon, which I don't know. Like I, I enjoy, on the one hand, I really enjoy the... Um, the intensity that comes with that uh, manufactured scarcity. I think of old games, I say old games, like the original Resident Evil, where you had to be really careful about how much ammo you were using, oh, and then you had to yeah. make sure that once you got to a save point, you were saving, you had to make sure you had the... the, 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 dude. the <laughs> yeah, you had to make sure you had the typewriter ribbons in your inventory to be able to save, and then like you didn't want to like sh use all your ammo because you didn't know how much you were going to find because because ammo is very scarce, and so it, it's a similar uh, effect with these weapons that that break constantly. But there's weapons everywhere, so it's not like you're going to lose them. Um, what what bothers me about it personally is that these weapons often do break in the middle of combat, and it takes you out of the beautiful combat. And the combat system is great. It, it's as it's similar to what you would. Uh, what Zelda's had since, um, uh, not Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time. So, uh, it's a similar, you know, combat system with the strafing and the strafing and the jumping and all that. But, um, but yeah, when, when your weapon breaks mid, mid battle and you have to go to the inventory screen and think, well, do I want this weapon? Do I want to hold on to this weapon because it's going to break like every other weapon? Like you have to make these decisions. And, and, and yeah, so far, like I, I don't like that that takes me out of the moment. That's interesting. Um, so I, one, I do not like turn-based RPGs, uh, which is why I really like the Zelda game because it's real time. And so yeah. it's interesting that 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 hasn't really bothered me. I almost like it because it means that I can, I don't have to be prepped ahead of time for whatever battle I'm about to get into. I can switch stuff up on the fly. So I've actually really enjoyed that. Um, I think my big gripe is. There's no way to really, at least we're at this stage of the game, no way to repair any items. Right. And that's a little frustrating because, you know, you can cook food and you can make, you know, elixirs and stuff. And you you're you can collect these gears and other metal components 
um, and you can't really use them to do any repair work. That's a little disappointing. Yeah, I agree. Um, that would probably be my, my biggest gripe with the title so far is that, um, otherwise, you know, I, I've been very happy with it so far. I've, um, you know, I've kind of lost my way at times just exploring stuff because the map is so large, but, uh, you know, it, it's a really beautiful game. It's really well played. Um, you know, it's just, it's very intuitive. I've been very happy with that. I think that, you know, one of the great things about it for me is I'm not the biggest Zelda fan and I haven't finished a Zelda game in quite some time. I'm almost done with a link between worlds. I have to finish that on my 3ds, but I mean, I haven't finished a Zelda game probably since Ocarina of time. So to, to really kind of get back into it, I don't, I don't really remember what things are called or, you know, the references. And since this is a hundred, a hundred years later, it's nice that, I can go into it with a fresh mind and not be lost. Definitely. Well, there's something I want to mention um, since we're talking about combat and um, features, or excuse me, items. So I want to talk a little bit about the Amiibos. Um, it's not something I, I have personally um, dealt with. I know you're pretty well-versed with it, Derek. How about you, Zach? You probably use Amiibos quite a bit, right? Uh, I have not used them at all. Oh. Actually, I don't actually own a single Amiibo. Derek owns a lot of Amiibos. I do. But I, I, I'm a sucker. I, I, I think I it's cool that the, the Switch integrated it into the joystick, but uh, speaking of Breath of the Wild Amiibos specifically, it looks like of the Amiibos, it looks like there's one, two, three, four, five Amiibos available for Breath of the Wild. The best one from what I've read is the Zelda one. Um, the cool part is she... She gives um, Link the ability to turn into a wolf in the game, um, which will help in attacking enemies and help you find items, So, which is really cool. So that's pretty helpful. Um, I don't know. What, what's the standard price for the Amiibos, Derek? So Amiibo prices are usually um, $11.99 or $12.99, depending on where you go. Uh, that's the standard price for all Amiibo. And... Um, you know, their, their usefulness kind of ranges depending on the character. I, I tried to collect a lot of Amiibo that worked across different different titles. You know, ones that worked for Smash Brothers, but also worked for Pokemon Tournament, or also worked for Mario Maker or something. Um, Mario Kart was another good example. So I'm curious to see what the cross-play is like for, for these new Amiibo. Um, and I'm curious to see what other Switch titles will include that support. For example, I, I have the uh, Smash Brothers Ryu, um, and I'm curious to see if there's any support for that in the new Street Fighter that's coming out. Um, well, they, they have listed here, I'm on the Nintendo website, um, they have the old 30th anniversary Amiibos for Zelda, so I wonder what those are doing in this game. It doesn't really say, but it does ha show it available for it. Yeah, and, and I know that they have DLC for Breath of the Wild planned, so you know maybe there's some additional functionality coming. For that, uh, amiibo functionality really ranges quite heavily from basic, you know, like character skins or outfits that is for your me in, in Mario Kart to uh, little sprites in Mario Maker. Um, you know, in sh the in Shovel Knight, you can um, basically unlock like a little fairy Shovel Knight that 
can't really do anything, but helps point out loot that you might have missed, which is kind of nice. Um, so, in, you know, so. In your opinion, um, I don't, maybe Zach's far enough to answer this question. They make it seem like turning into Wolf Link is a rare occurrence that you need an amiibo to do that. Is that true? I mean, I haven't seen any hint of Wolf Link thus far in my, my playthrough, so maybe. Interesting. I mean, it sounds to me like it's designed, you know, to help you find items, and so it's more for, you know, exploration gameplay rather than questing. Um, it, it specifically says it improves attack as Wolf Link. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's something. I mean, I've fought a lot of different creatures so far, and... You know, as long as you take your time, I haven't found anything that I couldn't handle. And that includes big giant creatures, that includes a giant rock monster, and, you know, some other things. So, you know, I don't really know that it would be necessary. I'll say that, from personal experience, amiibo are never necessary. Um, The best example of amiibo use I have found to date is really with Super Smash Brothers, because the AI in the amiibo, in my opinion, is better to play against than the stock AI in the game. It's a little more um, advanced. It's a little bit harder to, to play against. It's not as predictable. So. Good to know. I was just trying to figure out if $13 was worth it. <laughs> I mean, they're cool. They're really cool. That's partly why I collect them is I, I like having them on display. And I'm putting up new shelves um, in the next week or so to, to help with that too. So, you know, I think they're cool. Um, so it's will you be getting this one? I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. If they had been available when I went to pick up my Switch and games and things like that, I probably would have at least got the Wolf Link amiibo. But, right. It would have been a good impulse buy. Right. But like so much was sold out uh, that at this point I've had time to think about it and I'm enjoying the game without it. So, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Fair if enough. I had it, I would try it, right? So if one showed up on my doorstep, I would totally use it. Yeah, so, um, but that's you know, it, it's an expensive weekend. You know, the the console is of course three hundred. The pro controller was seventy. Uh, you know, you get yourself a case and a screen protector for another thirty. You you buy the games. You know, Zelda was sixty. One two Switch was fifty. Fast uh, RMX was twenty, and Bomberman was forty. So you know, you do the math. I don't want to do math, especially not when it comes to money I've spent. <laughs> and then, of course, the SD card. I, I picked up an SD card. So, you know, it, it's a lot of stuff, and an Amiibo is going to be pretty low on my list at this point. Okay, good good point. I was just trying to see if for people out there who are maybe considering it or thinking about it, that's if that's worth the money. I would so. think for the for the diehard Zelda fans, totally, because it's going all, all it's going to do is expand the the culture of the game it's going to expand the mythology and give you more to 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 do and interact with i don't think it's going to hurt the gameplay any so if you got an extra 13 bucks yeah knock yourself out have fun i i like amiibo i think they're fun awesome good to know well we're we're getting close to our time here derek you want to wrap us up yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to add about Zelda or the Switch? Because we're probably not going to talk too much about it for a while unless something big happens. Yeah, no, I think we've hit all the we've hit all the points that I had. All right. Um, I do want to say before we sign off here that if you missed last week's episode, we did announce our first contest winner, 
which was Jesse Marr. Uh, they were the first person to review us on iTunes. So, Jesse, we need you to shoot us an email at contact at heroespodcasts.com. And if you have trouble with that, just hit us up on the website on our contact page. But we want to get talking so we can get you your free Steam game. So please hit us up. Um, if you didn't uh, get a chance to review us on iTunes yet, please do. When we reach 10 reviews, we're going to give away another game. I don't even know what it's going to be yet. So it could it's going to be a console oh, game. Oh, yeah. Come on, guys. Give us a review. Get yourself some free shit. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're trying to have some fun. We're trying to give away some stuff. So we're going to give away a console game the next time around. So for you Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo guys, you'll you'll have something to, to get out there. So um, next week, I actually know what our topic's going to be. Next week, we are talking Overwatch. Hell uh, we're yeah. We're talking the addition of Arissa. We're going to be talking gameplay, lots of fun stuff. And we're going to have our first guest on the show. Ryan, who is from the Screen Heroes podcast, our sister series, is going to be joining us on the episode. So that should be a good time. As good as it can be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, that's going to be it for us. Check us out at heroespodcast.com. You can hit us up at Heroes Podcast on all the social media sites. We are basically everywhere. So check us out. Uh, We even have a video of this podcast. The last episode, episode eight, is out on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe out there and check out all of our cool stuff. And we will catch all of you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night, guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.